Welcome to the Skeptic Choir. of December, ni- uh, no wait, 1923? <laughs> Good gracious, I have no idea. Ni- uh, no wait, it's a... Twi- it, that, 20- that has got to be the world record for the show for a fuck up earlier in the show. <laughs> 20, 26 of December, 2013! Yay! Uh, it is episode 142 of the Skeptic Wire, that's us. We're the Skeptic Wire. I'm your host, Gary Lon, and with me this week is Greg Perrine. Happy Boxing Day! Really? We have to fight? No, it's Boxing Day where... Yeah, the, I don't have any boxes. The, the servants become... No, wait, I do have boxes. The, uh, everybody has boxes. No, everybody does not have boxes. There was a time when I had not a single box. I don't think so. Technically, your cabinets are boxes. Uh, no, they're cabinets. They are not boxes. But they are... No! <laughs> All right. So, uh, how was your week? Other um, than being sick. Yeah. Besides, oh, wait. The... Before you start, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Are we going to get back onto the box debate? No, <laughs> no. I was just going to say, um, Donna can't be here this week. Uh, she is on some sort of conference callie kind of thing, probably pitching something or other. Some all businessy. It's all about money with Donna. Yeah, and work. Money, 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 money. Yes. Uh, so anyway, how was your week? Um, I, I got over my cold slash flu. I think it was flu because I was completely exhausted and, and had flu-like symptoms, but it wasn't hospital-worthy flu. I got over it in a few days. I was just exhausted for the rest of the week, which did, is why I couldn't do the show last week. Did you have the flu shot prior to that? Uh, I did not. I've just got lazy about it this year. So... <laughs> There are plenty around me at work who did get sick, so I think that's where I got it from. Quite possibly. That's generally where you would get sick from. Well, either that or the afternoon before I got sick, I went to uh, court to beat a traffic ticket. And so I was in a public place around a whole bunch of different people, so you never know. Maybe I was typhoid, Mary, for all the people at work. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. All right, well, that's what I'll go as for next Halloween, Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary? Yes. Typhoid Gregory. (laughs) Cool. You have a good week? Mm, Yeah, it was okay. I got to play Santa Claus to my nieces. Did you do the beard and everything, or just give out, okay, presents? No. Uh, The the older niece uh, supposedly had the Santa Claus talk last year, but the younger niece... Still is enthralled with the whole Santa Claus <laughs> idea. So we, uh, uh, my brother and I put together, uh, the stuff at like midnight. It was cold, uh, because the, the older niece is getting a basketball hoop and stand. And so mm-hmm. we went out there at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> it was cold. So we went out there at one o'clock in the morning. It was like 40, degrees outside 38 degrees or something (laughs) and put together this basketball hoop and stand we managed to get through it without cussing a lot (laughs) (laughs) 
But my brother is a no- notorious cursor. Uh. <laughs> so are the dogs, apparently. So are the dogs. They're like, oh, we're talking about cursing, are we? That's what dogs are doing every time they're barking. Like, fuck, shit, fuck, fuck, They're going, fuck, hey, fuck. hey, 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 hey. But, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what I, that was fun. Uh, and they, they gave me uh, a, a rather clever gift. It was, well, they basically gave me 60 bucks, right? But what they did is they gave me about $40 in ones and they, and they folded them up and put them in a, uh, Kleenex box <laughs> and they, they taped them all together. And so they, they kind of brought me this Kleenex box and go, here, have a Kleenex. You look like you're sniffling. And so I pulled it out, and it just kept going with little ones. <laughs> like the clown flags. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it was rather clever. Well, oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's basically what I did. So thank goodness Christmas is now over. Yeah. Fortunately, I was able to avoid most of the stores and not have to hear the constant CD of music just on a loop. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, did I, I guess I'm one of the people who clogged up ups by sending gifts online and stuff like that oh yeah apparently they had they had problems uh, i did i did amazon gift certificates for my <laughs> for my nieces and then uh offered to uh, babysit for my for my brother <laughs> sister-in-law they were very happy with that but that's cool because you know like, anyway uh kids are older so it's actually fairly No, I love babysitting for my little nephew when I go and visit my brother and sister-in-law because I get to play with the baby. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, so you, you obviously did not go back uh, home. No, I did the back-home thing all around Thanksgiving. So it was just uh, binge-watching on some Doctor Who and, uh, uh-huh. and uh, having a plate of flying spaghetti monster. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Very good. We had steaks for our... Oh, uh, okay. Uh, my brother's like, I don't want ham. Like, I'll have a steak. It's like, really? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we did the, a non-traditional uh, quote unquote. That's uh, always fun to make your own traditions. Yeah, absolutely. Scare the neighbors with what are they doing on the grill? <laughs> Cooking our turkey and ham. Anyway, so do we? Uh, uh, yesterday was little baby Jesus's birthday. <laughs> Arguably, but yes. <laughs> as well as uh, Newton's birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was sing- singing the traditional uh, Newton Mass songs. Uh, Gravity is a harsh mistress, and that happles hurt when they fall on your head. Okay. And nobody knows calculus but me and Leibniz. So, or Leibniz, <laughs> rather. Anyway, uh, so do we have a birthday for today? <laughs> yes, however? yes, we have a birthday um, this person lived through most of the 20th century, but died in the year 2000. Was born December 26th, 1921. Okay, born. Was born. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. Give okay. me a break. He was born December 26th, 1921. Okay. Uh, television personality. Musician. Humanist. Um, was a member of PSYCOP in its early days. Not really known big for atheism or skepticism, and probably never identified as an atheist, more kind of a humanistic deist. But he was a television personality? Yes. Not Johnny Carson. No. But involved with The Tonight Show. Uh, uh, Doc Severinsen? Nope. Okay. <laughs> 
The other dude, the, uh, yes, that guy. <laughs> no, not Ed McMahon. Not Ed McMahon. <laughs> I can't believe I got that just on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, hold on one second. What did he play musician wise? Um, I think mostly piano, but he wrote a whole lot of songs. Oh. Um, several albums. He also, um, the reason why I kind of brought him up is he wrote a couple books, um, I have to be careful mentioning the title because his name is in the title. Okay. So, hmm, on the Bible, religion, and morality. And then a couple years later, more, hmm, on the Bible, religion, and morality. Huh. I do not know. He wrote a book called Dumbeth and 81 Ways to Make Americans Smarter. Nope. So really kind of more on the skepticism side of things, but also critical of religion. He was one of the hosts of The Tonight Show. But not Johnny Carson. Hmm. Uh, bef- uh, one of the hosts before Johnny, or not, yes. not Jack Parr. Nope. Um. Damn. Who was who was hosting before Johnny Carson? He won a Grammy award for one of the songs he wrote called "The Gravy Waltz." Hmm. No, nope, I don't know. Okay. Um. Might as well just go with it. Yeah. Steve Allen. Steve Allen, uh, of course. So, like I said, not uh, not a big kind of out there figure in atheism or skepticism, uh, but one there wasn't a lot to choose from today. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of sports people as always, and, and musicians and stuff like that. But uh, um, yeah, so uh, but uh, involved in psychop and trying to promote rationality at least, even if he wasn't <laughs> a full on atheist or anything like that. But uh, really, kind you don't of have to be an atheist to be part of Psychop. Yeah, uh, well, that's more the the committee for skeptical inquiry kind of very skepticism side because there are plenty of people who are skeptical but still religious. Sure. But he was definitely on the humanistic side. Uh, he was raised Catholic, but he kind of moved away from that. Um, he never kind of came out as an atheist, so he's kind of like a deistic athe- um, humanist kind of thing with with some christian undertones but as i said his steve allen on the bible religion morality books Hmm. he it was a series of essays going in depth into being critical of the bible saying yes there are some things that are good and positive good life messages that you could get from anywhere but it is just a book from history it was cobbled together and and basically rejecting fundamentalism have you read any of those books? No, I have not. Okay. But I know of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Interesting. So, yeah. Steve Allen, born today, December 26th, 1961. And he died... 21. So, Steve Allen, born uh, December 26th, 1921. And he passed away October 30th in the year 2000 after complications from a minor traffic accident. <laughs> like what you got a ticket no, said, no i'm not paying this i'm out of here he was in a minor traffic accident there weren't any it wasn't like high speed or anything but apparently he had some issues with his heart ah. that the stress of that just made him die later that day ah. of cardiac issues like an embolism or something embolism 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 okay isn't that where the vein yes. like vein kind of goes boop poop yes not poop <laughs> not not poop but poop yes more of a bee a boop cool steve allen wow 
I haven't heard that name in a long time. Probably at least 13 years since he passed away. Quite possibly. <laughs> Who knows? But. So we touched on this a little earlier. Christmas. Christmas. Yes, yeah, so, and the war on Christmas. <laughs> the war on Christmas. It was It was kind of, uh, it was more of a skirmish on Xmas this year. Uh, it depends on. Depends on who you were. I, I think people are realizing that it's it's gotten to the ri- ridiculous portion because he did have the the white Jesus and the white Santa Claus on oh, Fox. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, Bill O'Reilly's basically jumped the shark with uh, calling uh, Mikey Weinstein, you know, a, a pinhead and. Yeah. Not cutting him off. and it, it seemed like every other day one of the people from American Atheists was showing up on one of the Fox shows, either O'Reilly or Hannity or something like that. Yeah, that was pretty To cool. try to get the message out, and, and that's really what they do as kind of the the attack dogs of atheism, to kind of get it out there and be a little bit more in your face than, say, yeah, um, but they're, but they the were, humanists but or But they were doing like it, um, it is actually far more subdued. Oh, yeah. Uh, because like the uh, last last couple of years they've had you know it's a myth billboards mm-hmm. going up and this year they were just like uh, essentially you don't need Christ to have yeah, Christmas exactly so the representative of St- uh, Staten Island in, in New York uh, Andrew Lanza pronounced that the billboard was hateful and that people <laughs> should try and boycott Times Square <laughs> brilliant move yeah. Maybe a little bit easier some 20 years ago when Times Square was basically porn central. Yeah. Because a lot of people stayed away from it. But now it's yeah. a lot more family friendly. And it, it's, yeah. it's a billboard. I mean. No, it's 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 so filled with commercialism, <laughs> Times Square is. I was there a couple of years ago. And it's, it's, just, it's not like it's Mecca or the Vatican. No. But but uh, Lanza said, uh, quote, just as millions of Americans are preparing to celebrate Christmas, this intolerant and hateful group deliberately ridicules the solemn beliefs of millions of New Yorkers. And not really. It's just kind of stating our opinion. A, a lot of times we atheists are treated as hateful and intolerant just because we say we don't believe in your God. Yeah. And it's just the well, pure it's, it's, existence. It, is, it does us. feel like an attack. Yeah. On them, I understand that. Because it is wrong. their worldview, and it feels like a personal attack when you are saying, I don't believe in your God, because it makes, you know, deep down they're thinking, you are making, you're, you're saying that I am not smart to still believe this. Yeah. That I still have an imaginary friend. And yeah, sometimes we use language like that. And sometimes it's merited, sometimes it's not. Yeah. So... Uh, American atheists decided that they would um, put up a digital billboard in Lanza's district in, on Staten Island. And the billboard says, nobody needs the Christ in Christmas. Celebrate the true meaning of the season. You know, parties, family, Chinese food, which I think is funny. Charity, gifts, food, decorations, ice skating, friends, music, and movies. It's not a lot of hate in that message. You really have to go looking for it to find yeah. the hate. Well, nobody needs the Christ in Christmas. It's kind of... Yeah. I can see that as, what do you mean, nobody? I need Christ. So, okay, fine. Then maybe you're not the person that this billboard is <laughs> at, trying to attract the well, attention. It, it just says you don't need it. Yeah. You know, you can you can have... We had Christmas without religion. 
we still yep. gave gifts to our family and you know hung out with the family hung out with the family listened, or called the family to, yeah. that sort of thing it's 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 become giftmas not christmas yeah because it's it's all about you know just being nice to your family Consume. And, and and yes commercialism consuming or whatever but you know you you try to think of something that someone would like you know they're going to want the Amazon gift certificate. You have no idea what to get your Aunt Barbara because she's impossible to shop for. So you just Especially give her 20 since bucks. since I don't have an Aunt Barbara. <laughs> well, that's, yes, true. But um, it it has become a secular holiday here in the United States. And, you know, even the Doctor Who special that was the Christmas special was very secular and actually poked fun at religion. So it... It is kind of the, I don't want to use the word death throes, but more of a, a pushback from the uber-religious to say, no, 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 this is ours and we have to keep it. You can't have it. Yeah. Um, it, as also in, another example of that is when um, there was a, uh, like an eight-foot red A for atheist that was put up in Chicago, I think it was, by the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was along with other displays. I think it was. But there was this whole Christian activist group who went and tried to, like, covered it up with a banner that basically said A is for angels. So, and... and It's also for angles. And essentially, they were saying that, no, no, we have our free speech to come here and do this. Whereas they don't seem to understand that they're trying to stifle someone else's free speech for having the Atheist A amongst other displays for the holiday season, whatever you want to say, that, well, it's our Festivus display or something like that. It it shows a lot of the, no, no, you can't have this part of the season with us. It has to be all ours. And we're going to fight tooth and nail to not acknowledge that there are other people who believe different things or don't believe anything at all. Well, they want to... Hide those people away. Yeah. Because their faith obviously is very thin on the ground. Yeah. It, I mean, if they, if they actually had enough faith, they could they could deal with the fact that other people think differently mm-hmm. and are willing to speak out about it, but these people are not. And so I will just come out and say and assert that these people's faith is exceedingly thin. Yeah, it is kind of a doth protest too much moment of really you you, you can't you can't acknowledge the fact that there are other people out there. And and yeah, your your book calls us fools for not believing, but you that's not enough. You have to actively try to hide us and say we don't exist. Yeah. But but that wasn't the only shot across the bow of the war on Christmas. I, I still say it's been pretty lukewarm. Because, you know, covering up a banner, it's not like anybody got in a fight. There was a stupid state senator who said that billboard is hateful. And basically, a lot of the press over that billboard issue really mocked the senator as just not getting it. Yeah. And and that he was being silly. Yep. And, of course, the schadenfreude when uh, AA put up the... The, the billboard the and their billboard thing, to, yeah. yeah to so say, it's, it's hey. great. Yeah. It's great political theater. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing that did also happen was uh, there was a kerfuffle about 
a uh, the 158th Infantry Brigade in, uh, in Mississippi were told or claimed that they were told that they weren't allowed to say Christmas at all. And so Fox News was trying to push that for a bit. And turned out that the the whole thing was the base wanted to do something good for the troops, and so they they were going to have a Christmas football game. And one of the what were they called? Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute, one of their representatives came on and said, well, you can't really call it Christmas. You can call it like a holiday football game, but there's other people who don't celebrate right. Christmas, so this is more inclusive. And then uh, a couple of soldiers who shall remain unnamed, or at least were <laughs> unnamed, you know, the we'll just use soldiers in quotes because they could be a figment of the Todd Starnes' imagination. There, there must have been someone to make some sort of complaint, but yeah. go ahead. And they were saying that, no, 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 we were told that we're not even allowed to say Christmas. But what the Equal Opportunity guy said is, as an individual, you are allowed to say Christmas. But as an organization, the Army is not allowed to say Christmas, which is exactly the way it should be. They're not supposed to be pushing religious beliefs on anybody in the military. And, and that's the line that's been drawn kind of across the board when everything from school graduation prayers and whatever an individual can make their own prayer but someone who's doing a school ceremony in the name of the school right. we can't have a pastor come up and bring a prayer you know the valedictorian can say i say a prayer for you but it, it can't be part of the ceremony right. that sort of thing it, it's it's a pretty simple line if you think about it for 30 seconds but when you want why to, would you want to do that exactly when you're when you're trying to make this into a culture war issue to try to make it into the war on Christmas, which really there weren't any attacks at all except for like Sarah Palin releasing a book it's if when you're trying to make it into a bigger issue than it is you're gonna you're gonna cry foul and say, oh, we're never allowed to say Christmas, or, yeah, well, they, and not understand that simple legal line. Yeah. Well, persecution, as the uh, conservative groups in the United States have found out, persecution is an excellent uh, dog call, uh, <laughs> dog whistle, what do they call it? Whatever. Uh, ringing of the bells. Red herring? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, definitely red herring, but it's easy to get people riled up for. Yeah. Especially if you don't aren't willing to just open the, you know, find uh, uh, someone else's point of view. <laughs> Those are often the same people who make the mistake of saying that, you know, oh, what is it, the the duck hunting call guy from the TV show, yeah. that he's like the Rosa Parks of so-and-so. <laughs> they'll, they'll make those kind of... I don't know if anybody called him Rosa Parks, but someone probably did. They use those kind of analogies to say... He is like this other persecuted person. Sure. And not understanding that the difference between Rosa Parks and the guy from the Duck Hunter show is light years across. It is not someone being jailed and sure. being disallowed no, no one, public no one services. Yeah. 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 If, we, if we wanted to talk about it. If that's what comes under. No one's stopping his free speech. No one. But when you want to play the... Well, I don't minority. have anything else to say, so I'm going to play the victim card. Yeah. Then 
that's the only thing that they can have to stand aside besides not under not pretending not to understand or willfully not understanding the line of the separation of church and state the line of free speech versus what is just hey i'm your boss and i didn't like what you said so i can fire you if i want to sure man that was probably in his contract probably yeah <laughs> you know, shut your shut your redneck shut your ass pie up. hole <laughs> You can be as redneck as you want, as long as you're not going to step over these particular lines. Yeah. So, but you know, it's it's also the that's the kind of thinking that leads us into the pseudosciences. Yes. You know, where you're you're not willing to go the next step to figure out whether something is true or not. Well, maybe that duck hunter guy didn't read the right horoscope oh. about what was going on. Some duck is going to want to make make lo- sweet, sweet love to your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> okay, that was <went> weird. <laughs> That's all I can think of it. Well, yeah, the duck hunter guy does make a living basically fooling ducks into thinking that people want to have sex, sex with them. With them. Um, and as they found out, one in about a hundred actually do. I don't know. That's a made-up statistic. <laughs> Yeah, that, that bestiality's is... best boys. Bestiality. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, please, Gary, dig a digger hole, bigger yeah. hole. <laughs> it's a long song. I'm not going to sing any of the verses. I see. <laughs> Try to remember what the duck one is. <laughs> well, what I'm talking about here is an article that is recently published in the Journal of Consumer Research. Consume! Uh, yes, it's uh, oddly appropriate for post-Xmas. Yes. That's all about uh, consuming. And Consume! Stuff like that. Okay, you're going to have to stop <laughs> doing that right now. <laughs> Otherwise, we're never going to get this no, I'll through stop. this from the Journal of Consumer Research. And Gary has a pained look on his face. He <laughs> wants to yell it out. What the... Consume. what the researchers from uh, university of south carolina and john hopkins university did was they studied consumers (laughs) who read their horoscope and also expressed either an a belief that they were able to change their future or a more fatalistic response. Yeah, I think the the, the actual study, <clears throat> which unfortunately uh, was costing fourteen dollars, even for a university student like myself, so it wasn't it wasn't available. Yeah, we're doing this off of news articles, not the original study. Yeah, so, uh, so we, the the original study isn't available uh, for the researchers yet because it was just released uh, last just month, a few days ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was basically, uh, the effects of belief in the malleability of fate. fate. Yes, exactly. And what they found was that if they gave subjects, consumers, if you will, <laughs> a negative horoscope, they were more likely to engage in behavior, or at least say they would engage in behavior that the researchers deemed impulsive or indulgent. So if they got a bad horoscope, they were more likely to say that they would go to a party versus go home and clean their house, which they labeled specifically those two different uh, 
activities, either going to a party being impulsive or indulgent or going home as being virtuous. Yeah, and there was also another case like that where it's like eat ice cream or clean the kitchen, also indulgent versus virtuous. And I I find that distinction to be exceedingly subjective. I agree. Uh, And and the reason why – okay, first of all, there were 188 subjects. So a small study, but it does does show an interesting uh, trend. Yes. What, they said 75 – no, seventy-five percent of people believe in fate, uh, but you know a good a good portion of these people studied would choose the one over the other. But the the fact is, going to a party is a hell of a lot funner than cleaning the house. Eating ice cream is a hell of a lot funner than uh, uh, cleaning the kitchen. So it, to to me, it's not it's not clear mm-hmm. that someone that just because of the horoscope, these people are going to do that. <laughs> I, I also wasn't – okay, I'm – sometimes because I don't drink, I'm seen as a bit of a stick in the mud. But – so maybe I saw it this way as it's not necessarily a going to a party being impulsive or indulgent because sometimes going to a party is about connecting with your friends and sure. getting that social reinforcement of, yes, everything's okay in the world and yeah. or you also are sometimes networking with friends with friends and coworkers at a party. It's not, it's not, I, the biggest problem I had was that it was impulsive Yeah. to go to a party. Yeah. I mean, the idea or, or the ice cream versus clean the kitchen example. It's not like those have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah, exactly. Cause you could eat the ice cream and, and then, then clean, clean the, the kitchen. kitchen or clean the kitchen and eat the ice cream as a reward at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe and, and for, for me, who rarely has ice cream yeah. in the kitchen, well, actually, ice cream in the home. So, <laughs> like, I'm hiding it somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> Maybe they're kind of comparing it to those marshmallow studies of kids uh, okay, where sure. they say, okay, we'll give you one marshmallow now, but if you don't eat it for 10 minutes, we'll give you a, a second one. Otherwise, that's the one you get. And that's kind of a gauge of impulsiveness. Well, that well, that's definitely a gauge of the ability to stop yourself from doing something. But in the case of an adult, going to a party is not necessarily impulsive. And right. we'd have to read the study and see the questions to see how they're set up to even understand what how 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 it was set up. But depends I, on the party. It, it, there's a yeah. You ask that of caveats. a college student, they assume it's a kegger. You ask me, boring, non-alcoholic guy, I assume it's a bunch of people getting together to play board games. Yeah. But that is that is going you know out for a couple of hours. That's uh, not virtuous, apparently. Yeah, so again... So, so they, being they, alone... The, basically, it sounds like these the, the people who study... who The uh, researchers are a stodgy stick-in-the-muds. Very conservative people. Because virtue, <laughs> virtue apparently means sitting around the house... Uh, having a clean frickin' house. The researchers really kind of emphasized the idea that it was the people who felt that they could change their fate hmm. that were doing this quote-unquote impulsive thing, and that was the one thing that was surprising. That if someone got a bad horoscope and they thought that they could change things for the better, that they didn't try to kind of get work on that karmic balance hmm. to say... I'm going to go home and clean my house so that maybe my horoscope will change and my future will be better. 
Okay, but but then that's just kind of a world view. Yeah. Because if okay, you get a bad horoscope, big freaking deal. <laughs> well, okay, big freaking deal you know to us saying? who know about like how generally cold reading they are. If you if you think that fate is malleable and that that you're effectively horoscopes do not actually signify anything, that's the that's the, well, not necessarily that they don't signify anything, but that you can change your fate. Okay, that it's not. It's Just not, because it's written in the stars does not mean it's written in stone. Okay, right, right. But but that but then that's a, that's a world that's a whole world view, yeah. right? So it, so it, it's it, it has nothing almost nothing to do with horoscopes then. <laughs> really, it has to do with how these people think in general. So you could say that people in, who in general don't think that their fate is written in stone don't give a shit about horoscopes. That could be it. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore are going to do what they want to do. There wasn't a lot of information about horoscope yeah. belief in this study. It, it, it was uh, – I think I read two articles and I think you read something like three articles and they were all pretty badly described. But it was, it was one of those – It took me three articles to find the fact that there were 188 <laughs> participants in the damn study. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those breathless uh, – oh, look at this, you know, people who – think that they can the fate is malleable or um un what was the word virtuous yes they will steal your virtue <laughs> <laughs> well yeah the the authors just kind of take took away from this article the fact that okay if you're trying to sell ice cream and candy put your advertisements near the horoscopes because someone might get a bad horoscope and think fuck it i'm going to have ice cream <laughs> Because that's what the press release said. Well, from... and, it, and it was in the Journal of Consumer Research. Yes. So yeah, it is about how we, how are you going to get people to buy? So you could you could start putting up. Well, we may start seeing uh, seeing Sagittarius. Your day sucks. Here, have some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but that can only sell to one twelfth of the people. So yeah. Well, there's there's some crossovers there. Yeah. The, you know, it doesn't really have one of those electronic, constantly shifting billboards. Sure. Oh, between random. 12 different star signs. Sure. You can direct the uh, appropriate mood to the appropriate food group. <laughs> so maybe what they need to do is put their advertisement for ice cream just next to a picture of the Grim Reaper. <laughs> you are going to die, so have ice cream now. I mean, that's a lot more simplistic. <laughs> Not very subtle. <laughs> but then again, advertisements aren't always subtle. Well, that's true, too. Sometimes a penis really is a penis. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm thinking back to the uh, Joe Camel penis face thing. What? <laughs> you never heard of anybody say that Joe Camel, the 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 cigarette yeah, no, Camel guy, yeah, looked like a penis. No, you've lived a lived a very sheltered life, Gary. My dad smoked Marlboros, I think. Oh, that that's <laughs> obviously that makes perfect sense. <laughs> well, you've just been living a sham of a life. Sham wow. No, sham... Joe, just a sham. Sham puncture. Sham punctures. You mean like ac accurate punctures? Are they accurate, these punctures? Um, <laughs> I don't think so, but the press has been breathless about More this. More breathless. Yes. 
even more breathless, even, yeah, even more breathless than the horoscope story that we just finished. Wow. Because there's been a lot of articles about this, everything from, um, from science bloggers to just the, the regular like LA Times and CNN, all that kind of stuff about. What's it about? What's it about? No, <laughs> no, it's not about it. Well, it's about cancer, so I guess technically it's about something being consumed. Oh, okay. Wow, that was really negative. Happy yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, gonna have some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in the journal Cancer, and it was a study of 47. You know, cancer is also a horoscope sign. <laughs> Damn it! That was a ready-made transition, and I just. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. As a Capricorn, I never would have thought of that. Uh, yeah, I'm not Cancer or Capricorn. Well, that's good. Then you won't need to worry. About Actually, this. no. Wait a minute. With, with the with the big shift in the star signs, I I can't remember whether I'm, I'm I'm supposedly Aquarius, but I'm like on the tail end of that, on the far end of that, whatever the next one is. The cusp. Yeah. So oh. Capricorns after. It goes. I don't. I have know. no fucking clue. Anyway. You're really gonna Google that? Oh hell yes! <laughs> All right, we'll sit here and wait. Hold on. Do 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 do. This Horoscope is the dates. Google song for Gary's googling. Do, 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 <laughs> Discover do. what the twelve zodiac signs really mean. Horoscopedates.com. <laughs> oh wait, should is I do that... horoscopedates.com or horoscope.com? We'll but horoscope. is, is horoscopedates.com about calendar dates or getting dates based on your horoscope? I, I think it was it just, I don't know. I went to horoscope.com. Okay. Uh, Aquarius. Let me see. I, I happen to know, as disgusting as it is, I'm Aquarius. So, I know that Jesus and me are both Capricorns. Okay. So, <laughs> my.horoscope.com. The card of the day for Aquarius, death, <laughs> <laughs> which means transformation, separation, loss, liberation, revolution. So it's a tarot card. Yeah, I, I see liberation. I see that as libation. So uh, once we're finished here, I'll libate. Um, no, not masturbate. Lib- Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even going there. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> so uh, Pisces, Pisces. Okay, Capricorn goes through January 19th, and Aquarius starts in January 20th, okay? Okay. Um, so there, there was supposedly, like, a sh- according to some of these people, and I, I, I could have done some research, I suppose, but this just came up. But there, there was a shifting with the, with the change, changing, um, as we go around the galaxy and all of the, the things kind of uh-huh. shift. Um, supposedly, everyone has now shifted one back, perhaps, in the 2,000 years since horoscopes have come up. So, in other words, I should either be a Capricorn or a Pisces. Well, there's also that idea that there should be a 13th sign. Well, yeah. I I've think it's called Bob. Bob. Oh, the, the god of slack. Sure. Yes. Uh- <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, the whole horoscope thing, it's all based on bullshit anyway. Yeah, there's no way, really, that a... It's back before we understood the motion of the planets as going around the sun. They had to deal with retrogrades and all that kind of stuff, so... Although I did have my stars stars, uh, read 
uh, I went to a party a couple of weeks ago and I was uh, uh, talking with a, a young woman who actually we were talking about her her um, a son who has autism. Okay. And then she said that that she was also uh, sort of like a gypsy type. Wait, no, we, we can't call them gypsies. Roma, <clears throat> Romas, yeah. But she was into you know all that stuff, and so she pulled out her her little iPhone, and she apparently pays for the for the do everything app where they actually go really deep into it, so you don't <laughs> have to do all the calculations. It does it for you. And she looked at my star sign. And was like, oh my god, it's so complicated. I'm like, well, yes, yes, I am. So uh, I don't remember what she said, but it was all fairly uh, specifically vague. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I seem to remember the last time I got some sort of tarot reading. It was from uh, when I was in high school and I was trying to chat up a young woman and <laughs> so try amazing, to see if amazing how would often that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing the lengths we men will go to to try to get. <laughs> well, to be fair, I I made it quite clear that I have no uh, that you're belief, gay. Okay, belief at all in oh, oh that in tarot signs and horoscopes and stuff like that. Uh, but I, you know, I'm always willing to have my palm read. <laughs> that just sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, what was this about acupuncture? <laughs> yeah, let's get back to the actual study. See how much of that you have to cut there, Gary. Okay. Uh, the study was in the journal Cancer, and what they were doing was they were testing the effectiveness of acupuncture on side effects that some women have with their chemotherapy medications. Okay. So these are all these are forty seven postmenopausal breast cancer patients, and some of the chemotherapy drugs that they're given basically induce some musculoskeletal effects, but also kind of... I mean, like bone loss? Yeah. Or kills, but, yeah. Okay. And, and pain and that sort of thing, but also have a lot of other anti-estrogen effects that lead to post-menopausal-type symptoms. Okay. Hot flashes and um, s- stuff like that. Right. Um, so what they wanted to see was, okay... Of these these patients, does acupuncture do anything to help relieve their symptoms from the chemotherapy so they don't have to take um, you know, oral medications that might have more side effects, leading right. to more problems? So they split the group into two groups. So you have 47 participants. Right. So it's like 23 and 24 people are getting this. One group got, quote-unquote, real acupuncture. <laughs> the other group got sham acupuncture. Now, it wasn't poking with toothpicks. There were actual needles, but they didn't penetrate the skin. Okay. And they were... It's hard for me to tell based on reading the different articles, but it seemed like they were still put at acupuncture points, but they weren't actually stuck into the skin. Okay. So, kind of, the participants got a little bit of a poke and a tingle. I know that sounds kind of dirty as well. Right, so they, but, have, they have like the Reiki version of acupuncture. Yeah, that <laughs> they felt something hit their skin right. and did not know that nothing was penetrating them. Right. So what they found was that the quote-unquote real acupuncture group saw, quote, considerable improvements in depression-like symptoms, hot flash intensity, and regularity of hot flash stuff. 
and this was all self-reported. So it was a, a daily hot flash diary and also surveys on kind of what what their symptoms were, what they were going through every few weeks. Okay. But what they said was, meanwhile, quote, the sham acupuncture group also reported statistically important improvements in quality of life, hot flash disruption, and other symptoms. So there was no difference between the acupuncture group and the sham acupuncture group. Okay. And like every other kind of homeopathy or acupuncture study that we've seen that tries to be scientific, they see this basic placebo effect of it doesn't matter if you get real acupuncture or fake acupuncture, you get the psychosomatic effects. Right. Every Almost every article I've seen on this, I haven't seen if uh, – I, I don't think science-based medicine has touched this one yet as of today, the 26th, but – they probably just rolled their eyes at every, it. <laughs> yeah, every news article I've seen on this basically says that, well, what this means is both real and sham acupuncture work. That they both <laughs> reduce side effects. So that means that people should do acupuncture real or not because that means they won't have to take medicines. Or maybe they should just take a placebo. It, it basically means that what they should do is the ritual and relaxation around something yes. like acupuncture where they feel they're getting attention. So maybe, maybe it's the kind of thing where, you know, well, doctors it, are really rushed. So they usually don't have more than say 10 minutes to give somebody. If you can sit down and have more of a conversation, pay more attention or have a nurse be able to sit with someone and. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's the attention, but there also is again, specifically the, the placebo effect because yes. uh, in, in this like a lot of this particular case, uh, the placebo effect can make you feel better. It doesn't cure what ails you. Yes. But it makes you feel better. It makes you feel as if you're doing something. And that's exactly what this is doing. And because even though there are effects uh, of what they feel, I mean, they feel nausea they're, they're, or whatever, uh, you can alleviate the, – the mind can alleviate that. Right. Right? Because it is – I mean, or they you, may you, still be having hot flashes or nausea or whatever, sure. but they don't think it's as bad as it really is. Yes, because, because again, they think something has happened and they shouldn't. But the brain is an amazing thing. That does not mean that acupuncture does anything. I mean, even a blog, um, there's a, a science2.0.com, scientific blogging, blah, blah, blah. The headline they have is, acupuncture eases hot flashes due to breast cancer chemo, even when it's not acupuncture. Then it does. Then it's not. Then acupuncture. Then it's, it's not, not acupuncture. It's not working. It's not doing anything if it, with a placebo, that it's it's, that it has the same effect. And right. yes, there are slight statistical differences between the two groups. The result. They also found um, a bunch of articles I I saw went into this that they noticed a racial disparity. In that, in African American women, there was a greater hot flash benefit from real acupuncture over sham acupuncture, but there were nine African American participants. <laughs> so at best, there were four and five in each group. Yeah. That is not a group that you can pl pluck out and say, aha, we found something even more significant. Huh. All that is is data mining and cherry picking. 
to say we found this slight statistical difference because we have such small numbers yeah. that two people or one person is going to throw this way out of whack. Sure, it's, because one person in a group of five is 20%. Yeah. Now, to the author's credit, they did say essentially that with the low numbers of African-American women, we can't make any conclusions on that, and we do need to do more. But the quotes from the authors on this were were really insane. The, um, <laughs> the main author, Ting Bao, who's MD, DABMA, and MS – um, I don't think that means that she has multiple sclerosis. Maybe that's a yeah. master's in science. I don't know. Who's well, a... you don't just get a master of science. You get a master of science in something. Yeah. So I, I don't know what it is, but she's an assistant professor of medicine at the University of Maryland. And she said, the current interventions for muscular skeletal side effects are limited to oral analgesics and exercise. But the efficacy of these acupuncture approaches is limited and long-term use of oral analgesics can be challenging. If the patients are open to acupuncture, this is a reasonable alternative to them. No, it isn't. Not yet. That's all hinged around the fact that someone is already open to something like acupuncture. If they're not open to acupuncture, it's not going to work. So therefore it doesn't do anything. So, it's, it's, the, I mean, there have been articles like this on lots of other studies of homeopathy, like I said, acupuncture before, where someone says, well, because the placebo was the same as acupuncture, that must mean that acupuncture works. And that's not how studies work. Yes, they need more research on something like acupuncture, but there's been enough done to say there is nothing there there. So let's put our research into other areas, like, for example, whether or not e-cigarettes are bad for you or not. Ah, uh, yes. We don't know yet. Speaking of e-cigarettes. Yes. Um, so uh, some major cities are making a decision on whether e-cigarettes are going to be banned just like regular cigarettes. Even some states. It, well, entire states, like Utah, for example, has completely banned these cigarettes, just like cigarettes. So you, inside buildings, so you have to smoke outside. Yeah. Uh, New York is looking into it. I think uh, San Francisco is also looking into it. I think New Jersey already did yeah, New, its ban. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so there's, a, there's a couple of places that are, that are looking into this. And um, it turned out what? And we did talk about e-cigarettes on the show several months ago. Yeah. Where essentially we kind of our, our conclusion was that e-cigarettes are probably better than cigarettes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're healthy. So more research is needed. So hopefully in the intervening months, whenever the hell we talked about it last, yeah. there's been some research. Uh, well, sort of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure something has been done. Yeah, well, the, the FDA set up a site where uh, you can, if if you're having some issues with an e-cigarette, you can actually go to the FDA site, uh, fda.gov, and uh, tell them any problems that you've had, uh, some bad responses to the e-cigarettes or, what, or whatever. Um, and so the FDA is, is also looking into regulating the, the e-cigarettes. But the, the problem there is they – right now, uh, they're <clears> – <throat> They don't have the authority. Well, no, they, they have the authority, but they're, they're, 
they have to determine whether it is a, a tobacco product or whether it okay. is a medical product because a medical product will actually be more stringent. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, whereas right now they're it well right now it's not regulated. It's it's kind of the wild west where pretty much they're they're just different companies like out of China are making them and they don't have to say what's in them or even necessarily say what's in the little cartridges right, that are smoked. Right, and that's the problem. Uh, so earlier in the year, uh, in April, the German Cancer Research Center in Heidelberg uh, released a 40-page report on e-cigarettes. And part of this was covered in, you know, whether it's medical or whether it's um, just a tobacco product. But what they determined was um, some e-cigarettes... Well, they, they, they went through a couple of different things. They, they went through the product characteristics, so they explained what they're talking about, about e-cigarettes, where it is a, a vaporizer, and it's a, so it's a delivery system. It's essentially a portable hookah. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly right. Uh, they went through some of the health effects on some of the, the stuff that's inside the e-cigarettes. Uh, they had a portion on who uses them, on the efficacy of using it at, to stop smoking. Uh, and also uh, product regulation. And so they had some uh, conclusions based on that. So the, the, the big ones really were, uh, as far as the product goes, they found a huge disparity in the delivery of what they were supposed to. So one thing, they tested a, a couple of different brands of e-cigarettes. They didn't name the brands, however, right. but they had some, one that was sort of a low-quality build and one that was a high-quality build. They found that the low-quality build has had a horrible uh, vaporization and delivery of the nicotine and such like that. So they did it over like 300 100 puffs. Right. So there, there are some things like about regulated alcohol where something that's, say, a wine is only – allowed to be between certain percentages of alcohol, right. but e-cigarettes, because they're not regulated or really kind of controlled yet, they can be all over the place and have much different qualities. Right. So you, exactly. don't, always, so you don't always know how much nicotine you're getting, but you also don't know how much of anything else you're getting. Right. And, and that's, that's exactly the problem that they, that they lay out in their report. Uh, the, the bad e-cigarette had huge error bars on <clears throat> how much nicotine was delivered. Uh, whereas the good e-cigarette had a very, uh, controlled release. So very each consistent. puff, yeah, yeah. So each puff effectively gave the same amount of, of nicotine. Um, so that was one of the problems. So if you're going to do the e-cigarette, at least put some money into it and find a reputable person you know, right. or a reputable, reputable <laughs> builder of it. So you know you get a controlled dosage. Exactly. Now, the other thing they, they, were, they talked about is uh, there are two uh, chemicals that they use to vaporize, two main chemicals that they use to vaporize uh, whatever it is that they have in there. Uh, and we'll get to that in a moment. So one is... Uh, propylene glycol and the other is glycerin and both of these have been regulated as far as when you you can ingest them and they're safe right. but no one has done the studies on whether they are safe if you inhale them and bring them into the lungs and so they've been regulated for swallowing them in your stomach exactly yeah or getting on your skin but not in your lungs and so the the, the problem that they that we're facing is no one really knows what's going to happen, right? It's basically 
it's like I said, the Wild West. We it's all new. We don't we don't have the data. Right. Okay, so so that's a concern because it can cause problems. And the thing is that you're also putting in all these other chemicals to have a taste or a smell, and so you're ingesting that. And while it's a it's different from the tar and the 500 or 400 chemicals that you get with a cigarette. It's all new, and it, some of it's a lot oil-based. You never and, know what you're going to get. Maybe yeah. the cherry flavor is perfectly healthy. It's fine. It's just nicotine that you're getting yourself re-addicted to. But maybe the pomegranate flavor will kill you in two years. We right. just don't know yet. Yeah, it, pr- precisely. And then, of course, as I said, the there's no regulation on what they put into these cigarettes. So you literally don't know. Even even if they have the label on on the, the liquid – uh, you don't really know what you're getting, obviously depending on who's selling you, you know, how reputable the company is. But it's also very easy to make your own vapor, to, to make your own. So now. So buy local. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. But then again, you know, you may know, but there's all these chemical reactions that you don't know what's going to happen, you know, to, to get the, the appropriate, uh, effect that you want. Uh, now they did say, that as far as the efficacy as a cessation device, um, uh, they can reduce the desire to smoke, and it also reduces the withdrawal symptoms. And part of this may be sort of a placebo effect or you know oral fixation f- effect, where you're expecting, you're, you're desiring just to puff on something. And so even though you may not be getting the nicotine uh, because maybe you have a, a bad... Uh, delivery system as opposed to the good delivery system. You still uh, think you're inhaling exactly. nicotine, so your brain says, oh, I've done my routine. Yeah, you're getting acupuncture yeah. on your mouth with a giant <laughs> cigarette. No, you pay extra for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, they, showed that, uh, they said that some smokers do cut down on their smoking, and so it might be a path, but again, we just don't have the data. The, the first one was released, first e-cigarette was released in 2004, uh, but uh, it's only 2009 was the first really big push, the really big year when the whole bunch of companies came in and started releasing stuff. Good. Now, of course, uh, uh, Snoop Dogg has his own line of yeah. vaporizers. The, so. the major tobacco <laughs> producers are all starting to make their own e-cigarette lines. Yeah. And the flip side to the idea of does it help people quit, it seems to be positive in that it's helping people not smoke cigarettes, but – it seems like there's not a lot of data on whether people are actually finally stopping because right. they may just move on to the e-cigarette and just say, well, okay, this is healthier or it doesn't seem to be as bad for me. I'm not coughing as much right. as a regular cigarette, but they stay on it. And then the other kind of flip side to that is kids who may not have smoked before said, oh, well, e-cigarettes, everybody's saying it's not as bad as cigarettes. So I'm going to start that, even though I never would have started. Smoking. Well, exactly, and that goes even goes back to like the cigarellas and and the clove cigarettes, where it smells good, you know. And right. so these do the, this is exactly like a hookah. You can get your five star and your cherry and your apple, you know. And and now it's supposedly not as bad, but again, it goes back to you don't know what your we don't know what the effects are to, to the lungs or even 
the circulatory system by going through through that area. And they don't know um, how the secondhand effect is going to work because you you are still putting that stuff into the air, so you still have secondhand vapor. Something, yeah. Yeah, and it may or may not be worse. You're getting as much, just like the, the secondhand smoke, there was debate on whether it's as bad as smoking itself turned out that it was actually a little bit worse because it's unfiltered. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so this may be the, the, the same problem. Although I, I don't think that this actually filters anything. So everybody's getting uh, messed up the same way. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably more concentrated dose of the person who actually inhales it. Right. More of it stays in you than you exhale. Per, right. Probably. Probably. It, it, again, because it's a vapor, you have wet lungs, and so it may stick better to your lungs. And right. Get the, and but some vapor. chemicals are being exhaled, and we honestly just don't know how that affects people right. around them. And a lot, if and, it's safe to be five feet away, okay, fine. Or do you need to be ten feet away? Yeah. Or you know, do you need a separate lounge with a really good exhaust system like we need for cigarette smokers at the uh, airport now? Sure. So uh, that was that was their their uh, conclusions, and they also said that uh, they also recommended that e-cigarettes should be regulated as a medical instrument or a a, a medical medicinal product, right. regardless of how much nicotine or what's being delivered, just so that they can be sure exactly what's going into everybody's system. They can so, regulate how much. They can make sure that kids aren't starting on right. it. They can make sure that it is actually being used as a device to cut down. Well, you don't even have to do that. I mean, because well, you could. Yeah, but you would have you would definitely have better data because you, then you would know the dose. Uh, you would you would know that uh, that the delivery. Oh well, I always used you know X brand from China, and we know that they do uh, 20 milligrams of nicotine, whereas Y brand from Sweden. Uh, does 40 milligrams. And so then you know what the effect of everything is and, you know, the people around you. So I thought that was rather interesting. I'm surprised that we didn't actually see this particular report because it was, it was, uh, it was kind of a cool, cool yeah, report. It's, it's unfortunate that there's so much of this out there that we just don't know how it is affecting people, even though, like we said, it's probably not as bad as cigarettes or cigars. But you can't. But we can't really make that anything yeah. that you're putting in your body. It may be a different bad. Yeah, that's the problem. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, maybe maybe this builds up even worse than tar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe it'll make little aliens burst from everybody's chest. Well, in two that'd years. be cool. So you know, that, that, you know, little eggs. Depends on if they start attacking us like alien, or if they're just kind of cuddly like the Care Bears. Isn't that how Care Bears reproduce? They explode, they, from, they explode through from people's chests. I I never watched the cartoons, so I don't really know. I mean, they're all all their power comes from their chests, like the rainbows and the hearts. They come sure, from the so chest. Sure, so it makes sense that they would they would be a chest burster in form. Exactly. Yeah. Them and unicorns, narwhals. Well, that's the unicorns have that horn to burst well, out of yeah, exactly. their host's stomach. <laughs> That's how it's done. I may oh. have slept in that day in, in uh, <laughs> biology <laughs> course. In biology class when they talked about Care Bears and Unicorns. Yes. And, <laughs> well, it's the Chestbusters kind of segment, the chapter. I may have just skipped on that or, you know. Right. <laughs> He's single, folks. <laughs> <laughs>
So, what did we learn this week? We learned that Donna prioritizes business over the podcast. She wants to bring in money so she can, you know, Stay in her house. Have heat in her house. It's not like she really has to work. Her husband. clothes for her children. Yeah. Oh, no, wait a minute. Hold on. You're saying she shouldn't work, that she should just stay home in, in the kitchen? Is that what you're saying about Donna? Maybe. She is so going to kick your She's ass. She's not going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did we learn? Besides the fact that Gary uh, is now. Uh, A misogynist has, bastard. <laughs> no, has, has limited time on this planet. <laughs> Like, very limited. I, I could possibly go another 40 years, but probably won't now. Yeah, let me text Donna and tell her what you said. <laughs> All right, so, uh, we found out that Steve Allen had a birthday. Yay! And I didn't know that he won a Grammy. That's pretty cool. Yes. Uh, we learned that the war on Christmas has been reduced to a sarcastic kerfuffle. <laughs> we learned that horoscopes can make you fat and or dirty your house and kitchen. Or send you off to a party. No, good point. I was going with the negative, however. Maybe negative horoscopes make you want a party. Could be. Could be. We learned that acupuncture is a sham. Wow! Oh. (laughs) You work for ten minutes on that? (laughs) No. Work for ten minutes on this one. We learned that e-cigarettes cannot be sent via email, but may actually contain spam. We just don't know. Okay. That's not a laugh out loud one, but I appreciate the humor in that. Okay. Unfortunately, that is the kind of, oh, that's funny response rather than laughing. Lol. Yeah. Usually, (laughs) you kind of hate that response, but I I can intellectually um, appreciate appreciate that one. Yeah, I appreciate the, the, the play on words. Yes. Because as atheists, we we know that according to the guy who wrote that editorial this week, that only intellectuals are atheists, and, yeah. and it's, can't afford it's, to be atheists. Yes, it's it's only for the the hoi polloi, and I don't even know if I use that word correctly. <laughs> the hoity-toity yeah. kind of upper class, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which shows a distinct disregard for uh, psychology and. And a whole bunch of anyway, we a whole lot of straw man stuff. Go yeah. go read Friendly Atheist's blog on it. Yeah. He he summed it up. Yeah, why do we bother? I yeah. mean, seriously. I mean, everybody else covers everything. I am sure that Novella and all those people have already done the acupuncture study. By the time we get it out there, ten other podcasts have said anything. I give up. Okay, so this will be our last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's the next to last podcast of the year, so unless we decide that we're not going to get together next week, <laughs> I'm sure we'll think of something to say. Yeah. It'll be a brand new year. Could be. Oh yeah, it will be actually. It'll be the first or the second, depending on how we feel. Depends on when you listen to this. Yeah. All right. So uh, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, I'll say goodbye for Greg. Happy Guanza. That also starts today. Oh, does it? Yes. Oh. Apparently. And we hope you had a great Newton Mass and Festivus. Yay! Why didn't you send me gifts? Not gifts like JIFs, like the animated things GIFs. on the internet, but stuff. Uh, I did. I sent you gravity. In honor of Newton. <laughs> no, not you, Gary. I meant oh. the listener. Oh. 
Uh, they probably just sat there with the middle finger extended. They have been showering us with praise and likes on Facebook and retweeting our tweets, even though we haven't tweeted much lately. You'd believe in acupuncture if you didn't. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> if I didn't believe in acupuncture, I'd believe in it? Sure. <laughs> you have this lovely fantasy of our listeners. <laughs> Well, certain listeners. <laughs> right. Anyway, so thank you for joining us. And I guess uh, from all of us, we'll say goodbye for this week. Bye from Donna, too. Not, not Donna point to like some kind of weird robot that we build of her, but two as in as well. As in T-O-O. Yes. Donna, too. Okay. On that note, I'll figure Bye. Bye. Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the Podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Well, that was a bit of a train wreck. <laughs> it shall be edited. We, we've got we'll fix it in post. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now, boxes are a very specific thing. Boxes are for moving stuff. Those are containers. Everybody has No. A... <laughs> you don't have boxes for your microphones? Oh, well, yeah. But there was a time when I didn't have microphones and therefore no boxes for them. Well, yeah, when we were babies. See? They weren't your boxes, but there were boxes nonetheless. There were boxes that toys I believe in. I said there was a time when I didn't have any boxes. That would be me not having a box. So don't don't try and tell me that I had a box. I, I think it's a little... I think I would know whether I had a box It's or a not. little early in the podcast to get into a philosophical debate about <laughs> ownership versus non-ownership of boxes that are in the vicinity of you and what is a box and what isn't. There was a time when I had no boxes. We will leave it at that. If you want to try and convince me that I have a box, we can take this offline. For box donations, you can email the skepticwire at gmail.com and send us your boxes. But I have boxes now. <laughs> but we're making up for your obviously abusive childhood where you didn't have boxes to play with. That's what every child wants to play with, boxes. We're like okay. cats that way. Okay. There's a time in college, in music school, when I didn't have any boxes. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, no boxes. I had... Technically, a guitar case is a box... I didn't have a guitar case. ...for a guitar. I didn't have drum cases. Uh, technically, a drum is a box for no, the air. No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is probably going to get cut. Probably we get back onto the box debate. No, no, I was just going to say... Um, uh, unfortunately, Donna could not be here this week, apparently. Uh, I shouldn't even say that. Apparently, Donna... And no, Donna, apparently. No, no apparently. apparently. <laughs> We're pretty sure that she can't be here yet. Yes, the oh. governor. Hold on. Bugger, yeah. I thought... We should actually, like, do some research before we start talking. Meh.